0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special midweek episode of a Clean Skate podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And this isn't going to be too long of an episode where I talk about games or anything, even though I do realize that the Dallas Stars just played the Colorado Avalanche in game two. What a win! But I will be talking about that. Next Monday, this coming Monday, for the episode that's coming out. However, what I wanted to do, real quick, because as you guys know, if you listen to this most recent episode that came out this last Monday, I was unable to get an awesome interview I did with Brad Baroud from the Flames Unfiltered podcast into that podcast due to some technical difficulties. However, I have the interview now. The technical difficulties are out of the way, so I thought that I would just release this episode during the week so you could hear a really good breakdown between me and Brad from the Flames of that first round series between the Stars and the Flames. So here is the interview, and I hope you guys enjoy. Glad to be back. A uh, little bit different circumstances than last time, but i uh, no, definitely glad to be back.
1: Last time we were 2-2, two so there was nothing written in stone that was going Calgary's way, that's for sure. Um, after a couple of lackluster performances and last-second wins for Dallas, it was a, it was a pretty close series. Uh, question for you, what were your emotions heading into Game 6?
0: Um, to be honest, I sort of was expecting, um, I wasn't expecting the flames to, uh, kill us as bad as they did in that first 10 minutes, but I definitely was expecting that level of intensity from the flames. And, you know, like, like we saw, it was sort of a back and forth series. So I expected, you know, the stars took that game five to one. So I was expecting the flames to come out And have, you know, some high intensity for that game six and try and push it to that game seven. So I expected them to come out. You know, we had them on the ropes as a desperate team. And I mean, those first 10 minutes were exactly what I expected from the Flames.
1: Were you I mean, we were all surprised that when it was three to nothing, Um, what were your thoughts at that point?
0: uh i mean listen the third goal goes in right and then you're starting to think well bishop's not even on the bench so do you take out hudobin and put in jake ottinger who's like 22 um who's never played an nhl game um right do you uh obviously he called the timeout after the third goal i thought you know like maybe call the timeout even after the second goal like it just at that point after we went down three nothing it didn't look like the flames were going to take their foot off the gas pedal and i thought this could have gone the other way for the flames stars as then it did very quickly for the flames
1: yeah i did too um you know i thought when we scored our third goal um i mean i i I don't even know how to explain it it's still a three days later or whatever day, however many days later it's still i'm in shock um yeah, I, I just kept thinking to myself, keep your foot on the gas, keep your foot on the gas. Um, yeah, and that didn't happen. The penalty to Milan Lucic, um, to me, was an extremely big turning point in the game. Um, that put Dallas in the power play. They score. They make it 3-1. to one. Um, It and- was
0: a weak call. I will give him that. It, it, it was a weak call from the refs. I like I- I, he definitely pushed him, but I don't know playoffs. I don't know if you call that goal
1: interference. Yeah, he pushed him. I mean, it was a dumb thing to do. Um, it was a Milan Lucic type penalty. Um, I my only complaint on it is um, it is what it is. But my my only complaint is if that game's one to one, that never gets called. Yeah, it never gets called. But it's three to nothing. Um, it's still a stupid thing to do on on Lucic's part. So yeah, you know he pays the price, but. We go down, or we are up three to one, and, and things seem fine. Then there's a, the the scene I shot over the ear of Pavelski that goes in, and I thought that was a good goal. I know some people were ripping on Talbot for that one. I, I don't. I mean,
0: I, that got double deflected, didn't it? The third goal I, I, did, yeah. Yeah, like there were a cut. Like, listen, I don't think Talbot played that great of a game either. But I definitely there were. I'd say probably at least fifty percent of the goals that went in, there's nothing he can do on some of them.
1: Well, I mean, the first goal, I mean I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't extremely impressed with Talbot's play that game, but I don't think it was horrible and I don't think it was the reason why it was three to three to put it, you know, to be honest with you there. When it did get to three to three and Calgary pulls their goalie and puts Riddick in, what were your thoughts at that point?
0: I was just happy we tied it. Um, I was sort of worried that um, if you remember the game that uh, the stars won with 30 seconds left after the flames had made an incredible comeback to tie it up, I was a little worried that the same thing would sort of happen to the stars. We would tie the game three, three, and then be like, okay, we've made it. And then the flames would be able to get one and sort of kill all our momentum. So I was just really concerned that to making sure that the stars are able to keep that momentum that they're building and not, take their foot off the gas
1: yeah there was I I thought the same thing too I thought well if you know when it's four to three if we can stem the stem the push at that point but then our goalie couldn't stop a beach ball um, so that makes it tough to to turn that momentum around there was a couple points I I remember when it was three to one um, I remember thinking wow could couldn't could the next goal be any more important because I think if Calgary does score that goal and they go up four to one um, then I think it's curtains. I, I don't know why I say that because it's still only a three goal difference, but to me that 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 goal is a big goal and and that's a game changing goal and that didn't happen. Um, then once it got to five to three, I think uh, <laughs> the wheels were all off and it was it was downhill from there. But uh, full marks of the Dallas Stars. I thought they played a a good game. They were resilient. They held their you know hold, held off the momentum early that Calgary gained and turned it around and ended up uh, with a very impressive game. What Flames or what Stars players were you impressed with in the first round?
0: Um, I think you can't overlook what Anton Hudobin has done. Uh, he had some shaky games against the Flames, but like he came in and gave us quality goaltending, especially in those last couple games. Like, And even, listen, those first three goals that went by him in that game six, uh, I really only think he maybe should have had one of them. Right, the couple one of them was off a really good deflection from Mangiapani. Uh, so I think Hudobin stepped in, especially with Bishop like not even on the bench. Hudobin has stepped in and been exactly what we expected him to, him to be, uh, which was huge. Um, uh, but I think biggest surprise and biggest probably biggest impact was probably Joe Pavelski. Uh, he scored timely goals, he blocked shots, and he's he, I think he's leading the way. I think he, him. And Jamie Ben, who I think started to heat up a little bit. I mean, listen, that line in that that seven three win for the Flames. I thought that I even looked. I thought to myself for a second. I was like, "Has the Ben Sagan Radulov line become the checking line?" Because the other lines were were picking up all the slack. They had zero points in that game. Um, so I think those other lines that have been able to pick up the slack while Ben and Sagan and Radulov have got figured out really, really like. Th- those three guys owe the rest of the team like a dinner or something because they they definitely picked them up in that first round
1: yeah that's for sure you know it's, and I, anton hudobin i he's kind of an ugly goaltender to um his movement and stuff is not i mean prototypical perfect for goaltending but boy he's effective and gets the job done and and uh you know made it Count when it uh <laughs> when he's had to come in He's he's really made it count and he's done a, he's done a really good job as for that first line yeah Dallas's first line has struggled um I don't know if that'll change I, I actually was pretty impressed with your guys's depth um, few players I think that uh, we talked about actually early in the series really stepped it up as the series went and of course Joe Pawalski, the guy uh the veteran that comes through in the end uh, has this, uh, a really struggled all season, really, and earns his money in the postseason, and and that's where it really, really counts. What stars, players, were you disappointed in?
0: You always expect your top three to give offense. Like, I know that they they do more than that, and they still provide a lot of energy, and I thought they had some jump, especially in those last couple games against the Flames. They just weren't having goals go in, but, like, especially when, like, those are your top three guys. Like, you sort of expect them to score, and... When they don't, you're you're sort of disappointed in them. I thought our defense looked wet, looked strong. Um, there are definitely times, though, you'll, the stars will are just okay with dumping the puck out of the zone and letting the other team regroup and trying to defend again. So, so I, I think structuredly, to be honest, my probably my bit my my worst performer, I'd say, is the head coach because there were some times where we weren't getting we weren't gen- generating anything and bonus just does not change his lines mid game.
1: I like that.
0: Uh, so I'm I'm of the different mind sometimes especially in the earlier games versus the Flames when we like we just weren't generating anything just I don't know bring the blender out or something cuz it's not working.
1: I don't know. See, in Calgary that's one of my complaints on Jeff Ward is that he's quick to the blender um and that bugs me sometimes because As a player, I mean, it's not going to be clicking every single second, but it can change in one shift. Um, And I get – we're never happy as fans, are we? Um, I mean, I get mad at Ward when he hits the blender too quick and um, Bonus is more of a conservative-style coach, but I, I get what you're coming from from there.
0: But I'm interested though, because you we talked about the Milan Lucic penalty. I would say he, I mean, listen, he set a record for Flames, like he had, or he tied a record for longest point streak with the Droma Ginla in the playoffs or something. Um, like I'd say, I'd say Lucic was a lot more noticeable, at least in these playoffs, than regular season. So. Looking at it, I mean, listen, I don't think Lucic is going anywhere from the Flames with that contract. Yeah. So how do you feel about Lucic? Like, I thought he had an okay series, but there were moments like, like I think he took two pretty costly penalties. I think he flipped the puck over the glass later in, in, the, in that sixth game as well, which was a bad penalty to take. So, I mean, I guess, like, how are you feeling with Milan Lucic? Like, what is the plan with that player going forward?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know whether there can be a plan. I mean, it's not a, a player you can escape from. He's got a no-move clause, a no-buyout. Um, yeah, we're not escaping this contract. Um, as for his play in the playoffs, I thought Milan Luchus was really effective against the Winnipeg Jets. And as that series went, um, he just became more and more effective. Um in the Dallas series, I thought he was okay in game one, and I thought he tailed very quickly throughout that series. So we, we learned a couple things about Milan Lucic. We can have him strong for a few games in the postseason, and then he starts to tail, and I don't know if that's because of um, being tired or intensity, you can't keep that level. Uh, We also know that Milan Lucic struggled miserably in in the regular season, probably not as bad down the stretch in the regular season as he did early on. Um, And I think a lot of the credit there goes to the coaching staff and the fact that they've figured out how to utilize him. And I think that's what's really going to be important with this. We're not going to be able to run from this contract. We're not going to be able to hide from this contract. So we need to utilize him in proper situations, albeit the third and fourth line in a checking and in a – uh, a role that I, I talked about earlier in the year on, on a couple podcasts where maybe you see Milan Lucic for two games and then out a game and then in for a game, out a game, two games on. Um, use him against teams where you need that sti- size and strength and where you need his um, his weapons. Um, I think, you know, I don't, I'm don't. i not happy with having him on the team as far as the contract goes, but I don't know that he's not. I mean, I think he helps the team out in, in odd ways uh, with leadership and with uh, um, just some of the odd things that he does on the ice um so I don't think it's a complete loss I just think that he needs to be utilized um effectively down the stretch of his contract
0: well that line of of uh Bennett Dube and Lucic they looked I mean they they looked good in spurts Dube looks great Dube is really fast he is a spark plug
1: Sam Sam Bennett and Dubé were, were, yeah, they were really, really good in the playoffs. And um, I thought Dubé tailed a little bit, too. He was a little bit more effective in the Winnipeg series and early on in the Dallas series. But um, you're going to see that from young players. And uh, I expect a bright future for um, for Dylan Dubé.
0: But I I noticed, though, especially with, like, Lucic and some of your your guys that are there for the checking roles, is they were trying to – it felt like, especially – Early in the series, they were able to do it because I don't think the Stars were expecting that level of physicality. But it seemed as the series went on, the, the heavy hitters for the Flames were just always looking to hit Klingberger Heiskinen, and they were ready for it. And then they were able to move the puck before the hit. And sort of, it takes the, the checker out of the play almost. So, like, I, I don't know. It almost seems like they need to be able to pick and choose when to run the guy and when not to.
1: Well, you know, that that's the difference. I mean, you pretty much summed up the difference between when you're playing the Winnipeg Jets and you're playing the Dallas Stars. Uh, w- Winnipeg's defense were not as good, and they were not as mobile, and they were not as quick, and they can't kill you on that rush. So that forward check was much more effective against the Winnipeg Jets. When you're coming in on Heiskanen and Lindell and – um, a good, young, strong, puck-moving, skating core of defensemen that the Dallas Stars have, um, one that they should be proud of. I think it's probably one of the better defensive cores in the National Hockey League. If they can solidify those final two spots, it's, it's a rocket ship. Um, yeah,
0: Sakura, Sakura did not look good at all. <laughs>
1: Well, they didn't hardly get any ice time either, um, and and you can't rely on your top four to that level because injuries are going to happen, and that's what scares me coming up here for Dallas. But um, that defensive core is amazing, and they move the puck so well, and uh, they they basically stymied uh, the the Flames forecheck by being so active and, and moving the puck so well.
0: So so then, looking forward to to next year, what do what do you see the Flames doing? I mean, their <laughs> goaltending like. I thought Talbot played well. He stole, in my opinion, he stole, uh, I think, what was that, game three? Um, He he stole that game for the stars, or for the Flames. And Riddich, I I read a stat since the bat flip. He's played 12 games. He's been pulled in three, and he has like an 847 save percentage. So Riddich has like, he was an all-star, and then he has just evaporated. So what do you see happening? I think I, am I wrong in thinking goaltending is your first area to address?
1: No, I think the first area to address, and, I, and I've talked about this, is to decide what we're going to do with our coach. Um, I think that's the first thing we need to address. After that, um, I think you need to address the the Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monahan. Something's got to happen with the core. Um, it's time. Um, I'm tired of hearing about we don't have experience, and you know, yeah, you can't get experience when you get knocked out in the first round every time. So we need to figure out a core group of guys that are going to get us through the hump that are willing to sacrifice and play hard in the playoffs. I think that's where you first take a look. As far as the goaltending goes, um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's an important area. But I, I will with. Not 100% certainty, but with 80% certainty say that Talbot and Riddick will both be back next year. Riddick signed, um, and, and I'm fine with that, um, for one more year. And, I, and I, I think Talbot will re-sign in Calgary. All uh, signs should point that he wants to be in Calgary, and Calgary it, it wants him too. So I think we'll see that core again next year, um, and we'll ride that for hopefully a couple more years and see where uh, Dustin Wolf progresses and see where he can slide into the mix.
0: So, so you talked about the head coach and the, and the core. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think the head coach is there? I mean, listen, the Dallas Stars and the Flames had sort of similar situations in their head coaching just, you know, sort of disappearing and that they are having one of their assistant coaches step in to finish the season. And I think, I, I, don't, I can't speak for you, but I think considering that circumstance, it seems like, I mean, he got them into the playoffs and through a, a, I think, a decent first round. Um, so what do you see happening then with that head coach?
1: Um, I, I, I'm not going to say what I think we should do because I'm still angry for at one of the biggest coaching mistakes I've seen in the playoffs in a long, long time by pulling Cam Talbot, who has arguably been your best player in the playoffs.
0: So you disagree with that? Absolutely. I
1: thought it was horrendous. As soon as he did it, I thought we're dead. Hmm. We're dead. Okay. Um, so I thought it was a horrific coaching error. Um, I think Calgary management will um, t- remove the interim tag. I, I do believe that that'll happen. Um, and I do think there'll be movement up front with, uh, i.e. Johnny Gaudreau being target number one.
0: Man, Johnny Gaudreau not in Calgary. That that That's crazy to think about.
1: It's not crazy in my mind.
0: So what is a what is a return for a guy like Goudreau look like? Like, what is a successful return for Goudreau?
1: Not as much as Flames fans think.
0: Uh, y- I don't y- know how
1: I can be any more blunt, but I don't think it's very much. Because no team and no franchise wants players that can't produce when it matters the most. Because we're all trying to raise the cup, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, you need guys that'll help you win the cup.
0: So how much value then do you put on Kachuk not being in that series?
1: Oh, I think it played a, a, I think it played a role. Um, I think it played a a pretty big role. Um, He's a secretly, and I shouldn't say secret anymore. He's the, he's the leader of this team. Um, You know, I I think it's an unfortunate injury. Um, I'm still pissed about the spear and that the league looks away from it. I think, um, a lot of people in this league, and here's where I defend Matthew Kachuk. Um, here's where I think a lot of people in this league think Matthew Kachuk's a dirty player. Um, I don't think Matthew Kachuk's a dirty player. I think he's a shit stirrer. I think he pisses people off. And when people get pissed off, people automatically assume that he's dirty. And he's not dirty. He's not a Brad Marchand. He's not out there submarineing people, taking out knees. He's not doing things like that. I can only think of one situation, one, where he overstepped his bounds drastically, and that was the elbow on Drew Doughty. That was in his rookie year. What he did to Zach Cassian this year was the smartest thing he could have ever done because he completely destroyed the Oilers in one single game. He had them completely lose their mind, completely lose their mind, and got their ass kicked because of it. He
0: rattled a whole team. I, I mean, listen, the value of one player that can rattle a whole team is, I, I like, that's an intangible you can't put like a like a, a like a price on.
1: And you know, is he a prolific scorer in the league? No, he's not going to be. That's not his game. Um, is he a big, huge hitter? No, he's not a big, huge hitter. He's a smart, smart, smart hockey player, and gets under the skin of his opponents. And he's a good team player, and that's so what I, you need.
0: I... So I I know you've seen all the clips. What did you think about him up in the press box? Just like flipping his hat. Like he did, he did not look pleased. I'm sure you were doing the same. He looked just like like I did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that means he cares. mm
0: -hmm. And that means he cares. So do you see, and I know this is a little bit hard to project, but if Gio leaves, do you see him getting to see then?
1: Oh, absolutely. He's going to be the captain of this team and Gio's not leaving either. I, and I don't think Gio should leave, but, uh, yeah, he he's the next captain of the Calgary Flames, that's for sure.
0: Well, I I don't I don't have anything else for you other than can I interest you in joining the Stars bandwagon?
1: No, I'm not joining ah. the Stars, but I have some questions to wrap this with you. Of course. How do the Stars match up against this Avalanche team? Yes, uh, uh, game 1 uh, there was actually I don't know if the league hit the fast forward button and started the next round just like immediately which was it was crazy in my mind, but, uh, yeah, Dallas wins big last night over uh, over Colorado, and they take a one game to nothing lead. But how do you see the Stars match up against an Avalanche team that's uh, quick, fast, and dynamic?
0: Well, I, I think first the fact that they started early. Like, I thought it was crazy that they started the, a day after, like like two days after their first round had ended. But I honestly think that worked in the Stars' favor. I do the too. Avalanche The Avalanche coasted through – the the coyote series they there was kemper was the only reason the coyotes had a fighting chance in that series the the, the avalanche dominated the coyotes and we saw that in those final two games they put up they beat them 14 to 2 in two games like that's incredible like they killed them so I, i think the fact that they were able to turn around and play uh a day later after they the stars had also come off of a really strong comeback win against the flames that the two teams met at like very different points in the playoffs. The, the stars, I don't, the stars were ready for a challenge and they, they felt good. And I the, think the avalanche went into that game one, expecting an easy ride, expecting the same thing that they got from the coyotes. And they were, I think rudely awakened in that game one, but, the key is and we saw in game one the reason we won jamie ben and that line was able to produce at the same rate as the nathan mckinnon line if those two lines can go back and forth and they can even each other out for offense then it only comes down to our the bottom six versus their bottoms or the, the the depth forwards versus their depth forwards and we saw last night we had other than McKinnon scored the only goals, and that line scored the only goals for Colorado. The radulov Ben Sagan line matched them for three goals, and then we had a goal from Hints and a goal from Como. So if if they are able to continue to produce, and they looked fantastic last night, that that's what we're gonna need to win.
1: Yeah. That was a good performance by the stars last night. Quick couple quick questions, and then I'll let you get on with your day. Will Ben Bishop go back into the net when he's healthy?
0: Um, I don't see how you just do that. I don't think if, if he's healthy and ready to go, I don't think you just throw him in there because he's healthy. Like Hudobin's played well. So you just shorten
1: the the leash then? I,
0: I think so. I think we were, listen, I went on after hours last night and I talked with the offside by a mile boys last night after the game as well. And we sort of had this theory that like, obviously we don't know really what's up with Bishop and, Bishop has obviously injury issues. So it's, he's probably actually injured or not feeling well, but I just wonder if like, he's not feeling great, but he's not actually injured. So if the stars falter a little bit, like we saw early in the flame series, we weren't sure if Bishop was going to go in and then they lose, they lose game one. They barely win game two or, and then Bishop comes in game two, I believe mm-hmm. and, and, and wins it. I don't think Bishop looked very good in that one game, but I think that's like almost, potentially this is all a theory that bonus is like big braining this whole thing he is just gonna throw in bishop if they need it he that's the ace in the hole if the stars start to shake a little bit ben bishop in net yeah i don't think i don't think if he's healthy you just throw him in because he's healthy hudobin has been the starter and he's played well he's earned that spot
1: yeah i think uh, i think you got it right on the money there two quick questions i want quick answers prediction avalanche stars
0: Uh, I'm going to say stars and six I'm never betting against the stars
1: last question with Dallas being the oldest team in the playoffs is this Dallas's last kick at the can
0: no I'm saying no Mm -mm. our defense core is too good I don't think our window is just this year I think maybe two years but I don't think we're done after this year and there you guys go. I hope you guys enjoyed this little insert episode in the middle of the week. I hope you guys are looking forward to this coming Monday's episode that will come out. I'm super excited for it and hopefully the Dallas Stars are even more ahead in the series than they already are when that episode kicks off. A big shout out to Brad. Thanks for him for taking the time out of his day to talk to me. And I'm really glad you guys were able to hear it because I thought it was really good. And I hope you guys do as well. And without any further ado, I will let everyone get back to their regular weekly scheduled program. I will talk to you cowpokes in next Monday's episode.